This one I'm going to run solo. I haven't done this in a little while, so I figured I'd jump on here real quick. I had to dump off a bunch of stuff. But this this entire podcast is pretty much going to be how to become a better student when you take a class. All right, guys, let's get at it. Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. Let me back my camera up just a little bit so it isn't on my face. I don't know if this is going to turn into a podcast or not, but... I usually do one of these after a big match or, or whatever it is that I do, but I wanted to dump this out because I had one of the best classes I've ever had in my life. <laughs> so I had two classes this week, and I shouldn't say classes. I had the best weekend I've had since I've been coaching. So one of the classes I just did was in California, and I had a level one and a level two, and I've, I've only done my level two class twice, obviously, because I'm pretty new to shooting, and my goals and stipulations for, for my class is that you have to come to my level one to get to the level two, because it, unless you understand the fundamentals of how I do things, how I coach, how I train, um, and the things that how I do things specifically, you will never be able to get to the level two because I'll be explaining everything that you don't understand from level one. So that's just how my standards are. I have high standards for my, for my classes. I do not just want to take people's money just because they're advanced. Cause most people that come to me that are already advanced still don't understand the, the process of how I do things. And it's very evident in my level one class when they come in and it's like, uh, I don't know, hammer to the forehead, I guess on how I do things so different. But the big thing about this class was that I learned so much I learned so much because of the way I taught it. Um, I've had quite a few of my friends and quite a few of my students come back to me after they did multiple classes with me and, and said, man, you're, it's so different. It's changed so much. It's just so much more simplified and it's just easier to, it's easier to kind of understand what you're saying now without even taking the third class, just that it's a different class from the first class. And and I haven't changed anything really in my class. The system's still the same. I've added a few drills, taken some drills out, some things I didn't really like. And that all comes from the round table. So what, what I have at my every class is I do a round table. So in that round table, I sit down and, and with every single student and I have a discussion with them about, you know, what did you like? What did you hate? Did you hate the way I talked to you? Was I too mean? Was I not mean enough? Um, you know, what would you like to see different in the class? What did you, which drill was your favorite? Which drill did you hate? Which drill did you feel like you wasted the most time on? Um, you know, whatever it is, I want positive, negative. I want feedback every single time. And I've grown my class from that feedback every single class. I mean, even from class to class, even from level one to my level two class, it, it changed some of the things that I, I did on the way I, I taught it. Um, I don't teach a lot of the things that I teach in my level two class to level one, because again, it's, you know, you're learning new things. You're, you're getting hit over the head with so much new information that once you get into the advanced topics, if you don't understand the first bit, I don't want to say they're fundamental because a lot of the stuff that I teach is in my level one is pretty advanced, even though it's fundamentals, right? I'm teaching advanced fundamentals at speed, um, timing. I, I teach a lot of timing in my class. So a couple different things that I wanted to kind of talk about in this video was how to be a perfect student, right? Or how to be the perfect student. The number one thing, if you're going to be a student in a class, not just my class, but every class, and I guarantee you there will be a ton of people that coach this that would appreciate this video or appreciate if you do this. Come in open-minded. Uh, that's the first thing. Don't come in thinking, oh, well, this coach taught me this or that coach taught me that. Or It doesn't matter what you learn from somebody else. What matters is that you're there to learn that coach's system. Um, 
there is nothing more frustrating to me as a coach to hear someone else's system or however they taught it in my class. Not that their class is wrong or bad or whatever, but there's no reason to go, well, this is what this guy teaches. That's fine. That guy teaches that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's tons of coaches that I absolutely 1 million percent disagree with them on some of the things that they teach. It's not that it's wrong. And that's, that's the whole point. It's not a wrong. It's not wrong or right. It's just a different way. And that's one of the reasons I say come in open-minded because if you come in closed-minded that this guy's way is better than this guy or that guy, try it. I promise you, if you try it, you might find a better way for you. It's not, it might not work for you. Um, and I have a great example of that is this class. I had a student look to me, look at me in my face and said, I don't disagree with every, I, I don't agree with everything the way you teach it at all. I, I completely disagree with some of the things that you say, but it works like the time's there. Like you're showing me the advantage to do it this way. And I said, you know what, man, I actually am so glad that you said that to me. And he looked at me like, you know, wow, I'm surprised you're saying it that way. And I said, I'm not mad that you disagree. I said, I'm actually very happy you disagree. And the reason why is that I challenged you. I challenged you as a shooter to think differently, to not think your way is the only way. And the reason I do that personally as a coach is because I used to be that way. I used to think my way was the best way. You know why? Because it's the only way I knew. It's the only way I ever trained. It's the only way I ever coached. It's, it, I knew everything when it came to shooting. <laughs> and I didn't know shit, right? Every year I have grown. Every class I have grown. So once I, opened my, once I opened my mind to new, better ideas or different ideas, not better, but just different ideas, and then I experimented with them. And I always give this example. I even tell people this in my class. I hosted Tim Heron for a class uh, at a local local range here in Florida. And... He, I came into his class and he, he showed me a different grip. He showed the whole class his grip and I hated it. I thought it was terrible for me. It just, and again, not that his grip was bad, but it was terrible for me. But I tried it for a full day, the whole day. I got results out of it because of the type of shooter I am because I work on things and I just, I refuse to suck at whatever it is that I'm working on. I, I just, I work and work and work until I figure it out. By the time I was done with that day, I went back to my old grip. Because my grip's good and it works for me and and I'm able to repeat it a million times. And I didn't see any advantage to using his way. But I saw many students that had other grips that were terrible and used Tim's grip and it worked. And that's what it's about. It's not about being right or wrong as a coach. It's about making sure that your students, whatever those students are, A class, master, grandmaster, or D class, or hell, even worse, a person who's barely picked up their gun, as long as they learn, you're a coach. That's all that matters is they get something out of your class and they learn. That's all that matters. Sometimes somebody will come to your class. They're so advanced that if they get one thing out of your class, it's worth every penny that they spent because it's a groundbreaking change for them as a shooter. I, I did that for myself in JJ's class. I took a JJ Rikaza class. It's the only class I've ever taken other than when I hosted Tim. And I had a, some groundbreaking things come out of that. And it was just stupid minor things. It wasn't even like, hey, man, you know, stand on one foot and shoot like this will make you better. It was just some small things that I didn't notice that changed the way I shot from that point on. It's, just, it's changed the way I have actually attacked the sport. So keep that open mind. That's the number one thing as a student when you come into a, a, as a class or hell, even if you don't go to a class and you just want to become a better shooter. Keep an open mind. Uh, Number two, most coaches, (laughs) most coaches don't come into a, 
and have a lesson plan and, and want you to come in there and just go, oh, whatever, you know, no big deal. Pay attention during the class. There is nothing more frustrating as a coach, at least for me, when I know someone's, you know, picking brass up off the ground or back in the corner over there, you know, sleeping or, or whatever it is that they're not focused on the lesson. That's very frustrating as a coach. And I guess probably because I don't, I don't like to repeat myself, even though that's what coaching is. I know that's the craziest thing to say out loud, but coaching is basically repeating yourself over and over and over again. (laughs) You do it a lot. Um, but I don't mind repeating myself if someone needs to, isn't getting it right. I, I, what bugs me is when someone isn't listening and then I have to repeat myself. That's very, very frustrating. It's, it's very disrespectful to, to a coach. Um, that, that sucks as a coach. Like you're trying to get these people, you know, get this information out and you have like 15 things to get out and you're still on number three because someone's not listening or paying attention. Um, good example is when you go, this is what we're going to do. And you show an example and they go, okay, uh, what are we doing again? <laughs> like, it's not like, oh, a question about this or a question about that. It's, it's literally, they have no idea what I just said. And that's because they were never listening in the first place. Um, Something else that I really enjoy as a coach uh, to make yourself a really, really good student is take notes, take video, whatever you need to do to remember. And the reason why I say that is because, especially my class, I dump out a lot of information, a lot of information on my classes. Um, I do it on purpose, okay? The reason I put all that information out there and I don't try to simplify or eliminate things from my class is because everything I teach works on top of each other. So one good, well, I'll give you kind of an example of what I mean. I always start off with stance. Okay. Because that's the base of everything that we do in our sport. It's movement, it's entries, it's exits, it's, it's balance. When you shoot, I'm a big balance guy. I talk a lot about how my body or your body affects your accuracy. Your shoot timing of your shooting is all affected by your balance. You don't realize it because it's not, nobody talks about it. Everybody just talks about the stupid gun and pulling the trigger. Your body controls almost everything in this sport when it comes to shooting because of all the movement and things that we do. So entering, if you come in off balance or if you come in too hot, you come in too slow, it costs you time and it costs you accuracy. Those are all things that come from your footwork, not from the gun, okay? Shooting is different then your movement. It's completely separate. Those two things have to be worked on differently. Uh, most of the time when you start talking about movement, people can't do anything with movement because of the gun, right? The gun gets in the way. That That's a big thing. So when you start working on those fundamentals from bo- top, top or bottom to top, I go from bottom from top. So I always work on from the ground up. So I start on your stance, then I go to your grip, then I go to the draw, Then I move from the draw to transitions, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Boom, 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 boom. So everything goes and works on top of each other. So if I have your stance be the first thing, that means by the end of the day, you have had hundreds of reps, okay? Hundreds of reps standing the correct way with me watching you. That way, when you leave, it should be a fundamental habit to change your stance. It'll no longer be a, oh, I'm not sure how I stand. And the reason I do it that way is because by the time we get to day two, which is mostly movement, I teach almost all movement on day two. The reason why is because your fundamentals got to be locked in from day one. 
Once you get to day two and you get into that movement, your stance starts to affect your movement. And the more and more I get you to move is the more and more you realize, holy shit, my footwork has sucked all this time. <laughs> my entries and exits are terrible. My exit timing, my entry timing, all these things that are affecting my lost time show up in those drills and, and the way I teach my class. So that's why you have to pay attention because if I teach you one drill and you don't pay attention to the next drill, it's going to affect every single thing you do. Guys, the only way to get good in this sport is to be a complete shooter. You can't come into this sport and be super fast and shoot really slow or shoot really fast and run really slow and be a complete shooter. You cannot beat the top guys. The top guys are always and will always be complete shooters. You just have to understand that that's how that works. And once you understand that it's everything and not just one specific thing that works together, then, then you'll see a big difference in your shooting. Now, again, obviously we do this for the gun, right? So a lot of the times I have to take people's guns away so they can focus on the footwork part and they understand how their movement is, their entries, their exits, like how they're coming in too hot or not hot enough. All those different things are affected because of the body. So another tip on to be a good student in a class is effort. Keep your effort up no matter what from day one to day two, you have to keep the same amount of effort because if you do not, your effort is going to cost you in the long run on your score and your time. Most of the things that I see in my class are people don't keep the effort up. It's not that they don't have effort in them. It's that they don't realize that they're slacking off on the effort. A good example is I will always go to transitions. All right. It's, it's the best drill that you could ever do for effort, right? Is, is teaching people to pay attention to trigger and get off the trigger or get off the target quickly. And that's just an effort thing, mental, right? Then you'll give them a little gap where they have to move. Okay. So they have to go from one target to the next target with their body. They got to shift over to the right. Well, if you walk, yeah, you can shoot it. But if you hustle and you really run that little one or two step gap, You'll see a big difference in your time go down because you hustled that little gap. Even though it's a small, 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 small gap, that little gap eats up three quarters of a second, maybe sometimes a full second because you walked across versus you ran across that little gap. So there's, I mean, little things like that where if you don't keep the effort up, it really kills your time and kills your effort. So when you're with a coach, especially a high-end coach, like somebody that really wants you to get good, you have to keep that effort up because the more effort you put forth is the more effort I put forth into you. If I see you're hustling and you're making tons of mistakes, I'm going to stay there a little bit longer. Not that someone else is going to get less time, but if you hustle and you give me all that effort, I, I recognize that instantly in a shooter. Instantly, I recognize that in a shooter. I'm like, all right, this guy really wants it. All right, let's go. And I push him and I push him and push him until he rocks it, right? And you push him and you push him and you push him and you don't let him quit. You don't let him give up. You never let those kind of guys give up because those guys are the ones that they will always get to the next level because they push the effort all the time. Then you got to teach them how to control it is basically what my job is. So the, let's see, I'm trying to think of another thing that I had, I had this little list. I'm kind of just throwing this thing off the top of my head. Um, as I went through the, I, I just got home from a full week in California. So I'm a little beat. Um, trying to think of the, another thing that was a big deal for me. Accuracy. Like, okay. So <laughs> Accuracy always matters, okay? Accuracy always matters, always. The problem is, is people don't understand that to become better in this sport, to go, you, when you start to go faster, your accuracy is going to seem like it went away, okay? It's going to seem like you suck. 
The issue is, is people don't understand that accuracy, you don't become less accurate because you go faster, okay? You're the same accurate shooter that you were before. The problem is, is now you're going faster than your brain can keep up. And that is why you are not getting the same hits. The other thing is, when you tell someone to go faster, it's very rare that I have to tell someone to to go faster with their gun, <laughs> right? The problem is that people think the gun is where the speed comes from. And I want to clarify this now because this happens a lot in my classes and I always clarify it from the very beginning. At some point in your shooting, the gun matters, okay? The gun absolutely matters. When you get to my level, you get to that high top GM level. I wish I could say I was a top GM at this point, but I'm not. But when you get to that top GM level, all right, and you're competing against those, you know, 10 guys that can always win a national championship or a major match, those guys will never slow down shooting. And, and what I mean by that is they shoot the pace of their sights. So when they see their sights and they're just responding quicker than everybody else, they're not shooting faster than their sights are showing up. They're still shooting their sights. The difference is, is they're responding faster to the red dot or to the irons than your average person, right? And that's because the average person doesn't practice reacting to the sights faster. They practice shooting the gun faster by just the simple lift and drop, lift and drop. They're not reacting to the red dot or I'll just go with red dot because it's the easiest way to kind of show you physically that when the red dot goes up and comes back down, there is no rest period, okay? That gun goes up, down, up again, not up, down, and then sit there and then up again. Now, if we're shooting no shoots, long distance targets, maybe, you know, you maybe a little bit more, I don't want to say safety, but maybe a little more confirmation to make sure that the dot didn't move up or down, left or right on that recoil. So again, it's, 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 that's a big deal. Keeping your, keeping that focus on speed most of the time. And, and this is basically what I teach in my class. I teach everybody where to go faster without the gun. The gun 99% of the time is not something I need to tell people to go faster at. Um, it, it's just kind of unfortunately how it is. It's, and, and the crazy thing is, is every single class is exactly the same for me. I mean, I literally could copy and paste every single class that I have and every student is almost identical, right? It's, it's, they don't understand that the speed comes from the non-shooting things. Let, and again, at some point when you get to a high level, the gun absolutely matters. But if you're coming to my class and you're already at that level, you understand how the shooting speed works, right? Some, uh, even some of the higher guys I shoot with don't understand how sights work and they, they still shoot faster than they should, but that's, you know, that's part of it. Understanding the, the coach's system is very important. Okay. So we all have systems. We all have ways we do things. I, and, and I would say mine's a system. And actually I never thought I had a system until I did my very first class and I had a guy I'd known for almost two years and he's like, yeah, man, you have a system. And I said, oh, well, I, shit, I guess I do. But I didn't know that. I just thought I had a bunch of, you know, drills that I used to get better and just kind of created this class. But I really do have a system on how everything works on top of each other. And even my class is structured like that. I have a very structured class. Um, and what I mean by structured is in my class, I never have like, okay, guys, hundred rounds on this state on this drill, hundred rounds. On, I don't have a round count that I give a shit about. All I care about is that the students understand the drill. So if I have a student come, if I have 12 people on the line and all 12 people are drawing sub second draws, guess what? We're not practicing anymore. 
the draw. It's it's pointless. We're we got that. Let's get to the next drill and the next drill and the next drill. So I don't I don't really care per se that somebody is crushing the draw and I just need to get a hundred rounds out of it. You know how to do that. You don't need my class to teach you how to draw the gun if you're at sub second draws. Um, I maybe consistency stuff. Maybe that's a little bit different. I could add that in there. Maybe maybe even make it a little bit faster. But it just depends on what it is. Right? It's all scenario based. Um, understanding that kind of segmented me right into the next topic understanding that every single every single thing that we teach in this class all all coaches all coaches that it's all scenario based right so when when one of one of us says something online i catch this all the time like and i'll use ben stager as an example he'll say something and people take it literal like it's the only way to do it because I, I, I follow quite a bit of the stuff that he coaches. And, I'm, I, and I just like listening to him coach. He's got hundreds of years of coaching or 20 years of coaching. And he's, he's just got a lot of tips he puts out there. And he'll say something and I'll read a comment. Somebody said, oh, no, no. It's all scenario-based, guys. Like you can't, like I, the very first time that I ever did a class, somebody asked me, is it faster to go forward or run backwards? I go, it's always faster to go forward until it's not. And they just laughed and laughed and laughed at that comment. And they, cause they, I just, I guess I never really knew how to under, explain it, but it's all scenario based. There's times where it's faster to run than, than it is to stand and shoot. It's faster to run into a spot and shoot because of the risk. It's all scenario based. So a lot of the times we'll put out videos as coaches and people will instantly jump on a topic like, you know, instantly jump. Oh, it's not faster to move and shoot on a 25 yard headshot obviously <laughs> like like obviously but what if it was what if that was the plan that i needed to execute to shoot to win nationals what if it was faster what if it was that much of a difference in a stage plan that made it worth the risk to sit here and say it's never worth the risk to move and shoot on long distance targets is the dumbest shit i've ever heard so you have to understand you have to stay open minded you cannot be literal about anything in this sport there's so many things that you could do different ways um i I watched a couple of people talk about grip the other day on a video it's great video uh great video on on grip i completely disagree with how they hold the gun but guess what their way works for them or the way they teach their students there's 50 different ways to hold the rifle or pistol and still get it done it's not one way one way is not the best way their way is the best way for them so understand that everybody has a system and everybody kind of has a, a way of doing things and to never take that and just go, well, that's the only way to do it. Cause it's not, it's not the only way to do it. There is more efficient and less efficient ways. How about that? That, and, and that is also for personal reasons. Sometimes the way, like the way I grip my gun is so much better for me than it is for the next guy because of the way I work, the way my hands work, the way I grip down on the gun, the way my hand size is, my hand strength. Uh, I don't get hot spots on my hands like a lot of other people. I see other coaches. I see people who shoot just as much as I do, and they have tape all over their fingers. I don't. I never have. I'm lucky, I guess, because I have hand dexterity. But that's, I guess I would consider that a skill, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, or a lucky thing that my body works that way. But it's just, it is what it is, and everybody's a little bit different. So to just to say that this way works and that way doesn't work or whatever it is. Another thing as a student that I don't want to say this bugs me, but it is definitely a problem I see with students in general. 
if you take a lot of classes, okay, if you take a lot of classes, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Thank you, first of all. If you've taken my class and you take a bunch of other people's classes, that's awesome. I, I have no problems with that. I, I am not, to me, other other coaches are not competition. They're not because I think everybody can benefit from every single coach depending on what level you are or that coach that you want to go see. I, I don't, I never feel like it's me versus them. And I truly believe that. I mean, I truly think that way because I watch all these other people talk. Like Mason Lane has been putting out some stuff that I'm like, dude, this guy's awesome. Like I love some of the stuff that he puts out, right? Ben puts out stuff's really good. I mean, I just, I like to listen to these other guys. I just love Tim puts out stuff. I love stuff. Tim Heron. I love listening to these guys talk about shooting. I love shooting in general, but the issue is when you go to four different coaches that have four different mindsets or four different ways of doing things, it screws you up. Okay. Unless you're at a certain level where you can understand to throw this away and add this and put this in and put that out and break this away and throw this away, all these different things, it hurts your shooting, right? Unless you can stay with that coach for a little while, get everything that they have out of them, really get their stuff down and then go to the next guy, then I feel like you're really wasting your money because you're just not understand. There's no way to execute everything that you learned in the first class in two months, it's, you're not going to have that. You're just not going to have it. So then I'll give you an example. I know my class is different than everybody else's. I've had every student tell me how different my class is from all the other coaches in USPSA. We're all, I'm completely different than they are. The way I coach it, the way I structure it, the way I talk about things, just they're all, it's all different. Right. And it's not that I'm like way, oh man, I made this amazing, totally different. No, no, no. I just talk differently. I, I, I think differently about the way I attack things and literally attack things in the sport and the way I coach it. So again, that's not, this is not a knock on anybody else. It's just, I know from my feedback, from doing my round tables that my, my class is a lot different. So if I think completely different from somebody else, and you go to their class after mine, or you come to my class after theirs, you have a completely like, what, what is this guy talking about? This isn't even close to what the other guy said. So, the, and it's very difficult as a student to not compare us as coaches because that's just human nature. We're all doing the same thing. It's like comparing a production gun versus a carry optics gun. Hmm, I wonder which one's better. It's not that they're better. They're different. That's all it is. They're just different. One has a red dot and one doesn't. That doesn't mean that one's worse than the other. They both work the same. It's just which, which one do you prefer? So understand that when you go into a class or when you do classes, that you are literally going to either eliminate something that someone else said, right? You're going you're gonna to have to eliminate something that somebody else said because I know there's things that I teach about movement that other people absolutely do not agree with. And I'm okay with it. It's that's why it's fine. I'm not mad about it at all. I do not do things when it comes to movement that other people do. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I don't like crossing my feet. I don't like, um, there's just a lot of things. I, there's a lot of things that I don't do that because of the way I work with my body and the way I move and the way I've learned how to move with my body. So it, it, when you start paying attention to those things, you're going to end up eliminating some other coaches ideas or vice versa. You're going to think my ideas are shit or, <laughs> or vice versa, whatever it is. So, but that's why it's so important that you really need to pick a coach. Um, I guess, I guess the easiest way to do that would be follow us online. See what we put out there. Take a class from everybody that, that I don't think that's a bad idea. 
I think, but understanding that once you find the coach that you like and you really agree with them or you like what they want to do, stay with that coach for a little while. Don't go to another class from somebody else. Don't try to go to learn something new from so just stick with that coach for a little while. And that doesn't even have to be me. This is just in general. This is what I would do if I was a student. Go to go to that person for a while. Get those lessons. Go to their online course. Uh, do some private lessons. Do do their do multiple classes from them. Right, multiple classes. Because I promise you, if you go to multiple classes, you're going to understand it better the second and third and fourth time. You always will because you're you're not ready for all the information that I put out on day one. I guarantee it. I already know. I've seen deer in the headlights quite a bit. Right. And it's my job to get rid of those headlights in your eyes and let you understand that. Look, by day two, you're like, oh, this makes sense. This makes sense. This makes sense. And that's that's the goal, right, is to get you out of there with as much retention as I can before you come back to me again or you go to another student, uh, another coach or whatever it is. But that th those are quite a few of the tips that I would put out there for students. I think that that's something that a lot of people don't really we don't really talk about it as coaches, like what kind of students we want um, or what, I guess, how to be a good student because another, oh, okay, another one. I cannot forget this. <laughs> and I'll, I actually should have started with this. Do not be results driven. When you go to a class, you need to understand that you don't win shit. Right? And I know there's some coaches that do patches and stuff like that. I, don't, I personally don't like the patch system for one reason and one reason only. And I'll tell you, I did Tim Heron's class, and he did the barrel drill, okay? And I have a version of the barrel drill that's completely different than the way he does it. So I did the barrel drill. And the entire time that I was going after that patch, I didn't give a shit about anything else but the result, how to get the result, how to get the result, how to get the result. And I think it's a great drill. I mean, I, I personally don't like the way what you have to do to get the patch, right? I don't like having to either slow down or go faster or whatever it is, but that's his system. And I, I thought it was really good and fun to do. And I, I think it teaches a very valuable lesson to constantly be shooting, right? But at the end of the day, I felt like the entire time I was doing that drill, I was result driven. I, all I cared about was 0 0.10, 0.10, 0.10, 0.10. And I thought like that the entire time I shot the stage. So I didn't, those are the things that, tr that can really trap you when you're going after a patch and I don't mean coaches, I'm talking about students. When you're going after the reward, you're not focusing on the process. Okay. Of what you're trying to learn. You're always trying to learn from the process, not from the results. So the way I started coaching now and the things that I, I guess the way I started thinking now is that your results happen inside this little box right here in front of your body. So anything from the tip of your hands to the bottom of your toes is actually where your results come from. The issue is most people think the results come from the piece of paper. They literally thinking about the piece of paper or the piece of steel. None of those results are created on paper. They're created from what you're doing within your body. So if you think about what's close to you, your hands, your feet, your arms, your shoulders, all of those things during the process of learning something, then right then and there, you already know the results will take care of itself. Right. It's it's a very simple concept if you follow it. The problem is, is everybody's results driven. That's just how it is. We're, we're not we're not focusing on the process to get the results. We're focusing on the results and then going, oh, there's a process to get those. Right. So that that's becomes the issue as a shooter. The other thing is, is go into every single class expecting to suck. That's a big thing. I have. I actually tell my students that from the very beginning. 
because I had a class at a round table. They said, man, I just didn't think I was going to fr- be so frustrated or struggle on day one as much as I did. I wish, I wish you would have told me that I was going to suck on day one. And it's because I told them on day two, hey, you guys are going to suck. And they were like, man, I wish you would have told me that yesterday. So I added it to my to my speech at the beginning of a class because I think it's something that people don't understand. You're not coming into this class. You're not going to come into my class and be successful right away because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know the things that I'm about to teach you. So you're learning something new, full speed, hard as you can go. You're going to push in my class because I'm going to force you to push past your comfort zone and that's what creates you thinking you did bad when you really did it. Um, it. It's just little, little things like that that make you make or break a class for you as well. Going in with expectations is a terrible thing, right? You should go into that class open-minded, understanding that the reputation of the of the teacher is there for a reason. They don't have a reputation of being a great teacher or aggressive or, you know, they're not going to push you. These things are going to be out there with other shooters. They're going to explain to you exactly what you're about to get when you join that guy's class. I know I have it. I know I have tons of people that come to me and go, this is exactly what I expected. This is exactly what people said your class was going to be like. This is exactly the way they said you would be. You were going to get on my ass if I didn't get going. You were going to stay aggressive. You were going to keep make sure my effort was up all the time. I mean, listen, this is the best part of what I do is I get that feedback instantly. And I'm not even, I'm not even butthurt when someone tells me I did something wrong. I love it because I can get better from it. Uh, it, The the funny part about as a coach, you know, you're, you're self-conscious as a coach. You really are because you're, you're, you want people to be happy. You want people to, to be excited that they paid you money to come to their class. And you just know that it's never perfect. There's always little things like, one of the most frustrating things as a coach for me is when I have to switch drills, when I have to change, you know, move things around and, and like, okay, guys, now we're going to go from the transition drill to a vision drill where I, I put a piece of steel in between two pieces of paper. Well, I've got to set up all that steel. I've got to set up that drill. So it takes them time kind of away from pulling the trigger, even though my class is filled with shooting. It's, I always think, God, I wish I could do this in a more efficient way where I didn't have to move them. Uh, I didn't have to move all this shit around and I could just keep shooting. But it's just what it is and you have to deal with it. So as a coach and as a student, you, you, or as a coach, you become kind of self-conscious in some ways where you're like, I can always make this better. I can always make this better when it's probably already better. You just, I'm, I'm never happy. I always think I can do better. Right. So I guess maybe that's what keeps me going and keeps me wanting to do more. I always, it's one of the things I love about shooting in general is I always feel like I can do better. I always feel like I can do better. Even when I'm winning stages, I always feel like, oh man, I missed that footstep or my reload timing was a little off or there's always something to get better. And I think that's what drives me to keep doing this sport over and over and over and keep going. I mean, I traveled all over the place. I'm beat up. I'm tired. And I still went and shot matches this weekend because I, I love the sport. I love shooting. I love meeting new people. Uh, I, it was just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just kind of the way this sport is. So when you get into these classes, just stay open-minded. Don't stay, just stay open-minded, focus on the process, understand that the teacher is the easy button. We are the easy buttons in this sport. If you go to us, if you go to a class and you have a guy telling you, look, your footwork's wrong or your footwork, unless you know a million percent <laughs> that your footwork is wrong, is right. But you know, you got to know, you have to understand the other thing. Okay. Another thing as a student that you should know. You should have basic ideas of what your times are. What is your average draw? So let, let's talk a little bit about that before I move on to the next few subjects about, you know, 
what your times are. If you don't know what it take, what your draw is, there's something wrong there, right? And and let's let me explain what your draw actually is. So I know people that can draw in 0.60 seconds, right? And hit the target. If you can't hit nine or 10 out of 10 times with sights at 0.86 or 0.60, whatever the hell the fast time is, then that's not your draw. So if I get a 0.69 and a 0.89 and I have all over the board there, I don't, that's not my draw. My draw is what I can execute 10 out of 10 times or nine out of 10 times. So I probably have a 0.97 out of 10 yards on average, every single draw going into a 10 yard target, open target. Anything slower than that or faster than that is an irregular score. It's an irregular time. That means I had a better draw. I I saw a little bit better. I pressed it out a little bit better or I pressed it out a little bit worse, whatever it is. But you're looking for something that you can repeat over and over and over again. If you cannot repeat it, that's not your draw. So I, I don't cannot tell you how many people have told me that I have a one second draw and I watch them draw and their average draw is 125. Not, not that that's a negative, right? That's not a negative. That's just, you don't actually know what your draw is. <laughs> You're just giving me your best case scenario. I don't know. I think that if you just, if you just focus on the process guys and the few tips that I've just given will change the way you shoot the sport forever. All right, guys. If you have any questions, hit me up in those comments and I'll see you on the range. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy Next Level Podcast. Let's get into a new episode 